It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 29th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMG. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to bring you back down to earth a little bit, talk a little bit about the things the Magic still have to get better at, why the Magic still have plenty to prove as the season continues despite their 3-0 record, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's bench and what the reserves have done to this point in the season, and of course then we'll preview the Magic's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder that tips off Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Oklahoma City Thunder after their loss to the Utah Jazz on Monday? Check out Locked On Thunder. Want to look ahead to maybe Thursday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers for some reason? You can check out Locked On Sixers. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. So the Orlando Magic are 3-0. They're 3-0 for the first time since the 2010 season, the 2009-2010 season. And things feel pretty good. It's hard to be upset or disappointed with this Magic team right now. They're winning games. They're winning games in the clutch. They're stepping up in big moments for a lot of fans. They're seeing Markel Fultz on, on the ball a lot more, averaging 20 points per game, leading the team, putting everyone seemingly in their right spots and in their right roles. The bench, as we, we will discuss later, is rolling other teams and scoring at ridiculous rates. Things are pretty good for the Orlando Magic right now. They've beaten two teams... They played one team twice. They've beaten two teams that many people feel are playoff-caliber opponents. So it's not just that the Magic are winning. They're beating what feels like very good teams. And, and yet, the Magic still feel like they're kind of being overlooked, maybe? Uh, there are a few power rankings that stuck the Magic there into the top 10. One, I think, NBA.com. John Schumann had them in the top five. And yeah, power rankings are a good survey of where teams are at right now. Yeah, the Magic are 3-0. They're feeling great. They just made a 17-point comeback in the fourth quarter. There is no reason not to be optimistic about this team. There's no reason to think that the Magic have figured some things out. Their offense is playing exceptionally well. And their defense has had its moments. Hasn't played great for 48 minutes yet, but has had its moments. So... Let me be the bad guy here. Let me be the one to rain on the parade. Let me be the one to say now, to be the curmudgeon, to be the coach, to be the guy that says, hold on a second, let's hit pause. The Magic are not going 72-0, sorry. The Magic still have a lot of work to do. 
let's be, I will be the realist here, as I'm sure Coach Clifford is as well. I will be the realist and say to you now, the Magic are 3-0, and but there's still much work to do. The Magic aren't necessarily playing in a way that's completely sustainable. But certainly, I would agree that they have done a lot of things that look very good. They've done a lot of things that look very positive and stuff that they can build on. I'm not here to tell you that the Magic's 3-0 record is a mirage. It is not. The Magic have earned those wins. They put themselves in a position to win. They have played well down the stretch. They have killed it in the fourth quarter. I think it's like a plus 60 net rating or plus 70 net rating in the fourth quarter. Their clutch stats are incredible. That's where the plus 70 net rating is, excuse me. Their their clutch stats are incredible. They have guys stepping up left and right and winning games. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. At the end of the day, only one thing means anything. And that's the final score. Have you scored more than your opponent? Do you have more points at the end of the day than the team you are facing? And if that's the case, congratulations. You've won the basketball game. That's what matters, and the Magic are doing that. But there's still a lot to be concerned about. The Magic's offense has been good, but they just came off of playing the Washington Wizards twice. And we saw when they played the Miami Heat, a team that's pretty good defensively, where they hit some trouble spots. The Magic's defense has been a mess since the preseason. Steve Clifford has been warning about the team's pick-and-roll defense, especially, and that has carried over into the regular season. The Washington Wizards absolutely trashed the Magic's defense over the weekend, especially in Sunday's game. The Magic didn't show up defensively for three quarters in Sunday's game, and they still found a way to win, credit to them, but the defense has been terrible. Magic are actually 15th in the league right now in defensive rating, which, again, suggests how bad the defense has been around the league, and I do think that is, we're seeing something very similar to what we saw in the bubble, where a lot of coaches were more focused on making sure players were playing and getting into rhythm and and able to score and less on defensive rotations. We are, in fact, seeing the Magic change some of their defensive schemes up a bit. The Magic aren't dropping as much. They're starting to hedge and and blitz pick and rolls a little bit more with Nikola Vucevic. And while the Magic's rotations are better on that front than they were in the preseason, it's still not perfect. The Magic have not fine-tuned their defensive rotations and their defensive system quite yet. And the results are playing out on the floor, where the Magic are not in the right spots defensively. They're not asserting themselves as a, a top defensive team, which which they will have to be. At least not until the fourth quarter when the energy and the intensity certainly picks up. So the Magic still have work to do. We haven't seen the Magic, in other words, play their best game. We've seen the Magic with some flaws. We've seen the Magic struggle a bit, but every game they've played has been close. Every game they've played to this point has come down to that fourth quarter. And what should haunt this team, what should bother this team a little bit, is how they played at the, the first three quarters of Sunday's game. Because that team is still in there. If, they, if they're not playing with attentiveness and focus, they can get picked off pretty cleanly. Now, Orlando sent Washington into, uh, into a spiral a little bit, if you, if you follow the Wizards blogs or Wizards um, media, uh, after that comeback. That comeback was a major, major victory. And it should be a confidence builder for this team because, because despite all you know, the realism that I just laid you, 
the Magic have done things that winning teams do. The Magic have played the way that winning teams play. They've found a way to win games when they didn't have their best. And the Magic have not played their best yet. I, I, I want to repeat that. They're 3-0, and and I don't think we've seen the Magic play a perfect, a great 48 minutes yet. They played, you know, maybe... They played really well against Miami. Miami's their best win. But they played pretty well against Washington on Saturday. They played poorly, obviously, on Sunday. They found ways to win. They found ways to compete. And that's vital in, in any long season like the NBA is. But we haven't seen the Magic at their best yet. Which would make you also believe we maybe we haven't seen the Magic at their worst yet. We haven't seen a team that can truly pick off and, def- and beat the Magic. Orlando doesn't, you know, Orlando's win over Miami is a quality win. I think that's a big win for this team. But I think Orlando still has a lot to prove to a lot of people. And as is abundantly clear, one good week can get immediately erased with one bad week. Three game win streaks and three game losing streaks happen all the time. The Magic have gotten off to the kind of start that they were hoping for. But they really have another week to go before the schedule really picks up. And the Magic still have to play with the urgency to build up these wins. And they're going to have to do this without much time to prepare. As Steve Clifford has pointed out numerous times, the Magic don't have consecutive days off until February. This January is going to be a grind. It's going to be a tough, tough month. And really, that tough month starts January 8th. When they go to Houston and Dallas on back-to-back nights. Then they come home to play Milwaukee, and then they go on the longest road trip of the uh, of the first half of the season uh, when they do that East Coast swing to New York, Brooklyn, Boston, and Minnesota, and Indiana. So there are tough, tough, tough games ahead. So far, though, it looks like the Magic are going to be able to hold up to it. it. Looks like the Magic are going to be able to get some of this done, or to play well through this schedule. Confidence is at an all-time high right now, as it should be. But this team still has work to do. They have not done the job yet. And getting to 4-0, and how they get to 4-0, or however they win their next game, is going to be big in moving this team forward to where it needs to be. We'll talk about the bench coming up here in just a moment, which has been a big reason why the Magic are 3-0. But first, are we ready for some football? The Cheese at Bowl at Camping World Stadium is Tuesday. Who is going to get dunked with the Gatorade cooler full of cheese in? Miami or Oklahoma State? Are you going to be the one that actually wins the match? Whether it's college football, the NFL, NBA, or anything else, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the NFL game of the week, college football's top games, the current headlines in sports, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get podcasts today. The Orlando Magic's 17-point comeback on Sunday was not by accident. It was not something that just kind of happened. It was something that was built methodically and built somewhat quickly. The starters were not the reason the Magic came back to win that game, although they certainly finished the job with with a strong closing kick, something that's become characteristic of this Magic team through three games at this point. Um, This Magic team is beating teams late. But to get to that point, and to get to that point in, in really all three games, took a huge effort from a source that wasn't always expected. Over the past few years, the Magic have had Terrence Ross, who's been a sixth man of the year candidate, someone who the team has come to rely on uh, rely on for just instant offense. A guy who's been a catalyst for this team. But the rest of the bench, that second unit, those second and fourth quarters, they've been a bit of a struggle. In fact, last year for sure, the fourth quarter was an especial struggle for that second unit. Not so much in 2019. In 2019, Oftentimes, it was that second unit with Terrence Ross in the lineup alongside Aaron Gordon most of the time, and even Evan Fournier at times. The Magic had the most fourth-quarter comeback victories during the 2019 season, and a lot of that was because of how they started fourth quarters. With Steve Clifford moving to a, you know, usually with a nine-man rotation, granted, but moving to a, a more full second unit, it's never it was never guaranteed that the Magic would be able to make these kinds of comebacks that the Magic would have the depth of scoring, of offense, to get there. Sure, they had D.J. Augustine, but you know D.J. Augustine can only get you so far. It was really Terrence Ross or nothing else. And when Terrence Ross wasn't scoring, the group struggled dramatically. But so far this season, that has not been the case. Terrence Ross has been perhaps the Magic's most consistent, has been the Magic's best offensive player. And he's, he's done some things to change up his offensive game to get better looks and to get more consistent looks. But he's still Terrence Ross, ever the flamethrower, able to make shots at a win, putting up 25, 26 points in sun, or 25 points in Saturday's win and 26 points in Sunday's win, scoring 19 points in the first half uh, to, to keep the magic in the game. But he wasn't the one scoring in the fourth quarter. He wasn't the one leading that comeback. No, that was Michael Carter-Williams. And while he only had six points, four of them coming during a critical 10-0 run to start the fourth quarter, Cole Anthony did his part. Kem Birch did his part. I mean, even Chumo Kiki, who you know still doesn't seem super comfortable offensively yet, was doing some really nice things to help spring the Magic free. The Magic entering Monday's games were third in the league in bench points, which is really incredible. And, and yes, it is still super early, so we'll see what how, where the stats settle. But so far, this Magic bench crew is giving the team 
a necessary boost. A huge boost, in fact. Something that this team hasn't had at all in a very, very long time. So yes, the Magic are averaging some like 38 points off the bench, and that's because they got 50 points off the bench on Saturday and 50 points again off the bench on Sunday. That is something that is helping the Magic decrease the margin for error. Like I said, like I've said throughout the the, the course of the weeks and throughout the offseason, one of the big things the Magic had to try and figure out how to do was decrease their margin for error. Make it so that their starters didn't have to do everything. That they could have bad games and still win. One way to do that? Have a ton of depth. Be able to make up deficits. Be able to make up differences when other teams have their worst players out there. Take advantage of those moments. And right now, the Magic have to feel like their bench is a huge benefit. That their bench is something that is carrying this team. Or making this team perhaps a little bit better than they might actually be. Or again, well, we'll see what normal is for this group. Let's not pretend we're, we're dealing with small sample sizes here. We don't know what happens when Terrence Ross inevitably has his 1-for-12 game or his 2-for-12 game or whatever it is. He's going to have those games that is part of the deal with Terrence Ross. We haven't seen Cole Anthony have a breakout game, but he has provided some nice scoring punch. But he's a rookie. He's going to have a 3-for-7 game or 3-for-10 game or whatever it is because he's definitely gotten carte blanche to shoot. He's not afraid to shoot the ball, which is a good thing. We don't know what happens in that case. Will the starters be able to pick up the slack? That's certainly a fair question. And something that we just haven't seen yet. But so far, the Magic's bench has done the job. So far, the Magic's bench has been not necessarily a saving grace, but a huge asset in turning this Magic offense into something that sometimes feels pretty moribund and difficult into into a team that's dynamic enough that can score throughout the entire course of the game. And it's not clear, again, it's not clear yet if this is something that will continue. But it's definitely something that's been a major advantage for the Magic. We'll talk about the Orlando Magic's upcoming game against the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up here in just a moment. But the Magic are coming up on the end of a road trip. We all saw that photo that Evan Fournier and Michael Carter-Williams took with Mark Fultz sleeping on the bus to the plane. Career highs do make everyone a little bit tired. We, we forgive you, Markel, but oh, don't fall asleep in public places. The guys will get you. So power through. Get through that long bus ride. Get through that plane ride so you can get, get to your hotel room and take a nap with the best protein bar, the best energy bar on the market, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is even more delicious than ever, coming in 18 amazing flavors, including cookies and cream, carrot cake, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, and a whole lot more. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets, most of them under 150 calories, all of them essentially under 200 calories. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. 
After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. East meets West in Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the San Jose Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Ramil, host of Locked On Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA Podcast wherever you get podcasts today. The Orlando Magic will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder to close out this three-game road trip Tuesday night at 8 p.m. It's still early in the season, um, you know, I think Steve Clifford had a really funny line the other night uh, after Sunday's game. You know, he was asked about, you know, being 3-0, and you know, what that means, you know, whether, you know, whether this accomplishes the team's goal of of getting out to a fast start. And, and, and Steve Clifford, you know, said, you know, answered honestly, but said, you know, honestly, coaches don't look at the standings until 15, 20 games in. Uh, and there's something to that. Um, you know, again, I'm not saying don't look at the standings and admire the Orlando Magic being at the top. Um, but there, there's something to that. Uh, it's still super, super early. Uh, we don't really know what this Magic team actually is. As, as I mentioned earlier, you know, they've only played two teams. And the Wizards, you know, as bad as I said the Magic's defense has played, the Magic played really good defense against each statistically, at least. I, I think there were still some issues, and I think I think we saw a lot of those issues. Um, but playing the Wizards, which are just a very, very good offensive team, or at least were last year, um, it, that's going to skew your defensive numbers a little bit. So I do think going up against a team like Oklahoma City, we're going to see a, a little, something a little bit more normal. The Wizards are, 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 are definitely an outlier when it comes to offensive style, three-point shooting, just kind of the, the vibe that they give and, and the way that they play. So I do think that that we will see a little something that feels a little bit more normal uh, on... on uh, on Tuesday night against the Thunder. Um, I think both the offense and the defense are going to kind of come back down to earth. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are 1-1 one one on the year. They beat the Charlotte Hornets on a buzzer beater by Shea Gildas-Alexander. And then last night, and then Monday night, they lost on a last, uh, not a last-second shot, but a very late-game shot by Donovan Mitchell for a one-point loss. So this Thunder team has... You know, certainly been in, is in a position where they could be two and zero as easily as they could be zero and two, and as luck would have it, they're one and one. The Thunder team, though, I think is you know a lot of people peg them to be the worst team in the Western Conference or to be a team one of the few teams in the West that is probably not aiming to make the playoffs this year. But I, I don't think that's completely true. Uh, I watched uh, Monday's game against the, against the Jazz, and this is a team that plays extremely hard. Um, if there's going to be a candidate for a team that that surprises everyone or just is just such a really tough out, it's going to be this Thunder team. 
you know, Shea Gildas Alexander gets after you, and 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 he's kind of got freedom to be the top scorer on this team now. Uh, Lugens Stort played some fantastic defense. He's he's becoming one of the best defenders in the league, and if he can continue, improve that three point shot, as we saw in the playoffs, uh, he's going to be a really really dangerous player, a really good role player for any team. Um, but on top of that, you know, the Thunder team has just solid veterans to pace them. Al Horford and George Hill give this team, the, you know, not the same stability that Chris Paul gave them, obviously, um, but gives them a lot of stability. Uh, and, and I think that this starting group is going to be really difficult to handle. And again, that their, their ethos and their mantra, their, their, you know, they, they know what everyone thinks of them. And what they can do. And I do think the Thunder have a little bit of, we're trying to prove everyone wrong. We're trying to prove that we are not just some pushover. That we're, that, that you know, we were in the playoffs last year. And, and yes, we lost Chris Paul. But we still want to get after you. The Thunder, you know, have an advantage that I think is going to be really difficult for the Magic to handle. And, and, and it's the L word. It's length. Between George Hill and Shea Gildas-Alexander, they are long on the wings. Lugens Stort is a very good defender, and, and uh, whether he's guarding Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross, it's going to be a challenge to score against him. They have Al Horford. While he's not the defensive force he once was, he is still an exceptional defensive player. Uh, and on offense, he's he's like Nikola Vucic, hanging around the three-point line, so he pulls your center away from the basket. That's, that, that's something we're seeing throughout the league, but Orlando's pick-and-roll defense is going to have to be on point, and... Again, you know, Marco Fultz is typically, you know, Marco Fultz will probably guard George Hill, you know, Evan Fournier will guard Shea Gilles Alexander. The Magic are going to have to defend the pick and roll really well because the Thunder can kick it out to the three point line and, and make from the outside. Where the Thunder lack is depth, and, and that's where you see a lot of teams like, you know, Washington. I think Washington's got some great starters and they got some good top end guys, but their depth is really lacking. And that, that showed, although certainly they played well in Westbrook's stead uh, on Sunday night. Um, this Thunder team is better defensively than it is offensively at this point. Uh, and, you know, I think, okay, the Magic haven't faced a defense. You know, the Heat are okay. Our Heat are good defensively. But the Magic's offense is going to have to be on point. Um, they're going to have to take advantage of their opportunities. The bench is going to have to play big again. Uh, and they're going to have to defend well to win this game. Don't think of this Thunder team as some pushover. Don't do that. And even on a back-to-back, though, okay, Oklahoma City was in Oklahoma City. There's, you know, no, they didn't, they did not travel to get there. They're sitting at, they were sitting at home. You know, they played their game, and they're coming right back into the building to play the Magic. And you know, they're, you know, even though they lost, they're probably still feeling pretty good about what they can do and what they can accomplish this year. This is not, you know, again, this is going to be a tough game for the Magic. I think the Thunder do have some matchup advantages over Orlando that they're going to have to figure out and they're going to have to beat. Uh, and I think Orlando is going to be in another fight. I don't think this is going to be a game where the Magic are going to blow them out of the water. It might be a game like Saturday's where they're in control and they they, ha- they have to make, execute at the end of the game to win. And, and you know, again, at a certain point, you know, I, I say this all the time. I say this every year. I say this every single time we talk about clutch moments. Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. And as Steve Clifford said after Sunday's game, we could just as easily own three as we could as we are three and zero. The Magic have made the plays late, and that should give this team a ton of confidence that they can win close games. And I'm not saying that Magic, you know, will lose a close game to the Thunder. Um, you know, I, I I think that this is a, a winnable game. I think this is a game the Magic should feel like they can win. The Magic have every reason to be confident, but we're still at the stage of the season where you're focused more on yourself. Uh, and, and you know, again, you game plan for the opponent because you're trying to win, and, and winning is important. But you're focused more on yourself and what you need to do to succeed. Because you know, again. I, I, I made this, I, I, I believe this, 
I think we're seeing games played at regular season intensity, but at preseason execution levels. We're still seeing a ton of mistakes. We're still seeing a ton of just teams just not completely organized yet, as, as Steve Clifford would say it. And, and, you know, you see that, especially for the Magic with their pick-and-roll defense. It's just not where it needs to be. Um, the effort's fine. The intention's good. But the details, just the attention to detail, the, the little bit of execution that the Magic need to have isn't quite there yet. This is a good opportunity to get there. You know, you're not playing some weird, fast-breaking team like the Wizards, but it's still going to be a challenge. It's still going to be a very good game. I think the Thunder are, you know, from what I've seen to this point, are a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. Um, I think that they'll they'll hang around a lot longer than people think, too. Um, but this will, this will be a game that the Magic have to be on their toes and have to be ready to play, and they're going to have to play the full 48 minutes again. We have not, I think, seen a full 48-minute effort from the Magic. This is a game where I think the Magic are going to have to play that full 48 Tip-off between the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder is scheduled for 8 p.m. at Chesapeake Energy Arena. We'll have a complete recap of that game coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us during the game at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.